This is HRT, a podcast featuring interviews with HR leaders, researchers, students, and influencers. HRT takes trending topics and research in human resources, steeps them for 30 minutes or less, and leaves you with fresh brewed ideas on how to drive high-performing, inclusive organizations and create meaningful work experiences. HRT is brought to you by Villanova HRD, the graduate programs in human resource development at Villanova University. Hi everyone, welcome to HRT. I'm Bethany Adams. I love HRT, but truth be told, I will always be a coffee drinker. All right, on today's episode, Larry, our host, will be speaking with Susie Couture. Susie is a Villanova HRD alumni. She is currently a senior director in HR for Marburg Industries, which is an environmental services company out of Santa Barbara, California. In this episode, Susie shares her thoughts on COVID and the workplace from the perspective of essential workers and the challenges that not having as much flexibility might have on a company. Now grab your coffee or tea and let's get into the show. I'm glad to have Susie Couture with us. Susie is a graduate of the program back in 2013. She was in my class, and one day she was logged on from California, and the next week she was logged in from Thailand, sitting in a Starbucks. So she's uh, even got some global experience here. I particularly wanted to get Susie's perspective because she's working for a small family-founded business that is primarily essential workers. And I wanted to get the boots on the ground perspective of what's going on in, in terms of the workforce. Susie, thank you very much for joining us on HRT. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. And it definitely puts you in a different perspective in my HR career. I've, I've had expats on my team before, but when you're an expat yourself, it definitely puts things into a different perspective on the HR side. And so, yes, I had the opportunity to follow my husband. His company has a location in Thailand as well as in Santa Barbara. So as the trailing spouse, I left my amazing job in Santa Barbara, California as the HR director for a wind power company. When I went to Thailand, I can just highlight the power of networking and connections. When I got there, I joined the American Women's Club and made some great connections that way, as well as just doing what I do best is networking and stumbled upon an individual who started a nonprofit organization in Bangkok called Nadeed. And what it was like need a deed. And she connected professional experts in all facets of backgrounds like HR, project management, and connected them to NGOs that needed project work. And so this was a great opportunity for me to keep my skills on point and give back to NGOs in Thailand. But through networking, I also stumbled upon the first wind power company in Thailand that was looking for an HR professional, and that was my background. And I had the opportunity to become the vice president to people officer for a wind energy company in Thailand, which again, as I started off, it 
definitely gives you a different perspective when you're the actual expat yourself. What you thought individuals coming to your company could do something as simple as figuring out an electric bill. When you're that person and you're struggling with it due to language barriers and just red tape, it opens your eyes. So you came back and you're uh, you're still connected into that organization in Thailand? I am. I still sit on the board of Nadeed and I'm very, very involved with the founder of that organization. Good. So tell us a little bit about your current employer. So I'm currently at a family-owned business that has been in business in Santa Barbara for three generations. So definitely an amazing opportunity that I got through the power of connections and networking. So we're starting to see a theme here. But with that being said, this company definitely makes an impact every day by being a waste hauler, as well as other facets to support the city and the county in terms of waste collection. And also from diversion responsibilities, keeping a recyclable matter out of the landfill. We celebrate Earth Day every day at this company, which is <laughs> definitely very important to me. And you said Earth Day was actually started there in Santa Barbara. It did. Yes. I believe it was in 1969. There was an oil platform that blew out in the Santa Barbara Channel, unfortunately killing thousands of birds and dolphins and seals. And so from that point on, Earth Day was established and celebrated. So from the small employer perspective, we've been talking on the podcast here with other people about the big quit. We started with the the big quit or the big resignation. And I was reading some facts that said that estimated that 166,000 Americans filed their first unemployment claim last week, but that's down from where it has been. It's at a, a record low way back into the late 60s. Unemployment is still at 3.5, which is also just about where it was pre-pandemic, but there's still 1.8 job openings for every unemployed person. I thought that was a really interesting, almost two openings for each person. So that that's the big picture. Now, what's it like in, for you in a small employer and in California of all places? And you know, how has any of that impacted your business? Good question. Right now in Santa Barbara, they've just released the unemployment market rates, and it's currently about 3.6% compared to in California, which is approximately 5.4%. Especially in Santa Barbara, we, we took a hit. For example, we usually have several cruise ships that come through beginning mm-hmm. April through the summer, and those were all canceled, and events were canceled, and that bring tourists into town. So I would attribute that California with the amusement parks and attractions were also impacted and that's why it would be at, you know, 5.4%. What are some of the challenges that you have in terms of attracting people? We were talking, you have, I don't know how many people in the, in the company altogether. 
So between two companies, we have approximately about 335 employees and we have about 23 openings between both companies. And what we're finding, it's really interesting what COVID has done in terms of the work space, how most companies have changed how work gets done, how work is looked at and the workspace. But for essential workers, we don't have that capability. And so we don't have remote and hybrid work. And so with this in mind, we've had to really get out and partner with the schools and, and build relationships with the chambers and really try to do some creative recruiting to show individuals that they can make an impact at a company that is pandemic proof. It's not subject to a lot of the ups and downs that you'll see in manufacturing or in hospitality. So I think that is working, but what we're challenged with is really getting the jump start on the labor market to get back into the workspace. Are you having trouble attracting them back for financial reasons? I, I believe it's other reasons. I, I really think COVID has changed and shifted the mindset. And we have five generations in our workplace. And I think a lot more people are looking for that flexibility because they've had a flavor for it after COVID. As well as I think also, I think the stimulus money had a negative impact. So in terms of being more comfortable, not having to work, we are able to provide good jobs where it is that stability factor. But I I think that it's still going to take some time for individuals to feel comfortable going into a work environment where there's individuals that they have to just trust that are healthy. So you're not a mandatory vaccination business, right? No, we're not. We left it up to the employees to choose. We definitely encouraged it. And I'm pleased to say that we hired somebody on a temporary basis that had 33 years with public health. And she was able to go into our workforce and really educate on you know, why to get the vaccine. And we have a bilingual workforce. And so she was able to really effectively communicate the importance of the vaccination. And so I'm happy to report we're at 93% vaccination. So yeah, that brings up a, I was also reading an article this morning, sort of focusing on the the mental health issues. We've all been through a lot in the past couple of years And even companies that are doing sort of a soft return to work or a hybrid return to work, they're concerned about people coming back or people entering the workforce after having been through trauma over the past couple of years. Are are you seeing much of that in, in the people that are still with the company or that you're hiring? Our average employment length is 10 years. So we have a very diverse workforce and a strong loyalty to the company. And with that being said, though, we are seeing some movement in terms of maybe the boomers starting to 
reassess that perhaps I want to retire earlier than I had planned because of the impact that COVID has shifted everyone to think that life's too short and you could be as healthy as a lark and, you know, something like COVID could hit you and impact your family in a way that that was not part of the plan. So what we're doing is doing a lot with our managers to make sure that they're checking in more frequently with their staff and not making assumptions that everybody is okay. Because that high touch checking in, I think has found to be helpful. We reiterate our employee assistance program and the functionalities that and support that that can offer. And because COVID took a hit on not only people's mental stability, but the physical aspect being that daycare shifted and you've got both parents having to figure out, well, okay, now I work from home, but the kids still need to go to school. And how do we get them to school when I have to work and log in? And then my other significant other is an essential worker. So the dynamics created this new shift of how to do things and how to support and employers as of ourselves. We recognize that flexibility and patience is really important to practice. So you you can provide them some flexibility. We have the mindset of we can be understanding and, you know, we may have to do more shadowing and training and upfront cross training and facilitation so that we can move people around when we have to adjust or we can anticipate 25% of our workforce being out because we get hit with another wave of COVID, right? That planning perspective, because let's face it, I mean, I've been practicing HR for 25 years And I have had contingency plans in place for fire floods and earthquakes. Pandemic, I remember doing a webinar in H1N1 prior to going to Thailand, but we didn't have this in our plan. And so now it's really looking at things from an anticipation perspective, as well as really making sure that we factor in that flexibility component or arm, as well as patience. The business you're in would seem to me to be attracted to some. The whole idea of corporate social responsibility, is that a draw in terms of your recruiting? Is that? Well, my hashtag is worthwhile jobs. And I think that is very applicable to what we do because if similar to what we saw at the beginning of the pandemic where in New York, the trash wasn't being picked up and you saw a rat infestation and there can be a disease. And so it's a critical part of the infrastructure of living that it happens and it's taken care of. So I would think that the people would be attracted to that. You know, sure, it's a, you're a waste hauler, but nevertheless, it's doing some good for the earth. To some people, that's really important is being able to make a difference in the job that they do rather than, you know, what I want people to do is enjoy when they come to work, not just punch a clock, but really when they get here, they know what they're going to accomplish and they're going to have joy in their day by knowing that what they're doing is impacting for the greater good. And it's hard to say that at other companies. Well, that's great. Are there any other challenges that you're facing that you would say that were something that you've had to implement that was not there pre-COVID? You know, I was thinking of the mother of necessity, right? Creativity and innovation is born out of necessity sometimes. 
Are there any other programs or initiatives or things that you've started since? Well, there has been. And, you know, what we're seeing is a new phenomenon of ghosting. And this has been as an impact of COVID. I don't know how it's related, but we're seeing, you know, job applicants go to a second interview and then get a job offer and not respond. And so this ghosting phenomenon is very peculiar. It seems like there's a generation that doesn't feel comfortable having difficult conversations informing, you know, the talent acquisition team that, you know, hey, I'm not interested or this is not a fit. Any of that open dialogue that for me, I'm okay with having those conversations, right? And so I'm seeing where this was brand new out of since 2020, this ghosting phenomenon. And a lot of my peers are having the same challenge. Hmm. You know, how we address that is something where we're doing a lot more follow-up than we had to do before, like confirming that on the day of an interview that you're going to actually show. I work a lot with our students and making them aware of what's appropriate and what's not. Because I, I think that some of the career centers are not getting this information that this phenomenon is occurring. And we need to educate the students that it's okay to tell your recruiter that you're no longer interested. And it's a small world. So you don't want to burn the bridges. Are there any tricks that you've learned in terms of how to generate leads, how to uh, attract people? Yeah, I mean, the power of networking and, and connections, uh, you know, I've been, it's been my theme today. I, I'm in an Uber, I'm in a restaurant, I'm passing out business cards all the time. And I go to a lot of networking events, the chambers, because a lot of good talent will come through referrals. The other thing is that I'll do is I'll just go through LinkedIn and connect with people and then give them courtesy calls. A lot of headhunting, you know, I enjoy recruiting. I think I'm really good at it because I get a lot of joy and seeing people get connected to jobs, whether they're my jobs or I'm all about sharing information with other peers that are looking for talent as well. I think we're all trying to, we're all trying to do the same thing by connecting people to opportunities. Uh, And what's your role there at the Sherm chapter? So right now I hold the vice president of college relations for Cal Sherm, which is the state subchapter of Sherm National. Oh, wow. State, right? Yeah. And we just held our annual HR case competition live at Cal State Long Beach. And I'm proud to say that we had 11 undergrad teams competing and three graduate teams competing. So it was a really wonderful experience. We had 85 people in attendance and, you know, the students were just so gracious and happy to be able to network and be face-to-face with HR professionals and their judges and present an overall experience because let's face it, they're zoomed out. We did hold a virtual case competition, CalSharm did in 2020, and we had about 71 people on Zoom and we had great great participation and team involvement. 
but there's nothing like a live competition. Right, right. That's maybe one thing that will go back to normal pretty much is some face-to-face interactions. Right, and I I do also hold the legislative advocacy chair at a local level for the Santa Barbara Human Resources Association. I'm past president and hold many other duties and responsibilities over the years, but right now I'm the advocate from a legislative perspective. Well, thank you for reaching out, staying in touch with yeah. uh, us, with East Coast by building over HRD. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks very much for your time today. Uh, another great episode. I loved hearing about Susie's experience working in Thailand, her perspective on the power of networking, and this episode alone shows the power of the Villanova HRD network. I also really appreciated hearing about the challenges of the new world of work when you are supporting essential workers who don't have the same opportunities for flexibility that we might be able to offer other workers. Thanks Larry and Susie for this great learning. This wraps another episode and you know what time it is. Whatever you are drinking, coffee, tea, or something a little bit stronger, we hope it will lead you to fresh brewed ideas that will help make work better for all of us. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of HRT. As your thoughts from today's episode, Steve, share with us what you are brewing using the hashtag VillanovaHRT. That's hashtag VillanovaHRTEA. HRT is brought to you by Villanova HRD. To learn more about the graduate programs in human resource development at Villanova University, and for all the links and notes from today's episode, visit the Villanova HRD blog at villanovahrd.com.